Welcome, foolish listeners, to the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. I am your host, your show host. (laughs) Ah, is this show's time bar actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. There's no skip or rewind button. (laughs) Which offers this chilling challenge. To find a way out! (laughs) Of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Welcome to episode 41 of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. My name is Bryce, and I'm here with Jamie, my wife. Say hello, Jamie. Hello. Chris is dead to me. No, I'm just messing (laughs) around. He was tired. He had a long, long work week, and he's like, man, I cannot do it. I said, that's fine. But we have too much stuff to get to to not bring you guys a new episode. So here we are. So. Me and Jamie are going to be talking about quite a bit of different things tonight. It's not a whole heck of a lot, but there are some, you know, mini topics. So hopefully you guys enjoy. We're going to be talking about the next Robert Zemeckis movie, apparently. We're going to be talking about The Little Mermaid Live, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. They just dropped their brand new trailer and we're going to talk about it. It's also their last one. We're going to talk about the runtime of Star Wars. We're going to be talking about Disney+. Plus. We're going to be talking about Lady and the Tramp, their new trailer. We're going to be talking about the Jungle Cruise trailer and what we hope comes from this movie, because it might be not what you're expecting. (laughs) We're going to be talking about Star Tours, and we're going to talk about Disney getting robbed. Lots of stuff. Absolutely, we're talking about a lot of stuff. You're also going to get your refurbishment lists, but for now... Let's just jump into it. All right, so the first thing we want to talk about is Robert Zemeckis' new movie. Who? Robert Zemeckis. He's a he's a director mm-hmm. and he's done quite a few things. He's done Back to the Future, the the whole trilogy. He did Flight, Beowulf, Castaway, the really creepy animated movies, The Polar Express, and A Christmas Carol, the one with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. Those things were terrifying. (laughs) I did not like them. But he did another animated movie, and it is one of my favorites of all time. What is that? Who Framed Roger Rabbit, baby? Ah, that's a good one. It is such a good movie. I love that movie. Yeah. It's so fun. (laughs) It's like the Tex Avery cartoons and the Disney cartoons all rolled into one. It's great. Yeah. It's one of those, just one of the kind, one of a kind worlds. Exactly. You just, you couldn't ask for more. Hmm? So, what Robert Zemeckis is next undertaking is the little wooden boy himself, Pinocchio. I'm sorry, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta be on it. Have you seen the original Pinocchio, Jamie? Oh, yeah. I like that movie a lot. Do you? Yeah, I really do. See, I know I saw it when I was a kid because I've seen pictures of myself as a child with the Pinocchio VHS in the background. Mm-hmm. So, I know I saw it. I don't remember seeing it. So you never watched it when you were an adult? No, 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 I did. Oh, okay. Like I was saying, I don't remember seeing it when I was a kid, but then as an adult, I was going through animation school when I was about 22, 23. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me check this out. And I watched Pinocchio. Animation-wise, I think it is incredibly good. Oh, yeah. And it's just a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say you didn't like the story. I was like, I love the story. No, no, I really do. I, I love the story. I love Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy mm-hmm. Cricket is the best. There's that scene at the very beginning when he's in the wood shop and all the clocks are going off. Mm-hmm. And his eyes are going back and forth and he's freaking out. <laughs> Man, that's, that scene is funny. And then Fig- 
Figaro is the cat, right? Yeah, Figaro. Figaro. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly trying to eat the fish, and then at the end, yep. they became friends. Oh. <laughs> Pulls her out, gives her a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I have yet to see Maleficent 2, and we're going to be doing that very, very soon, and we'll kind of we'll come back in here and talk to you guys about what we think of it. Definitely. But we have seen Aladdin. We have seen The Jungle Book. We have seen The Lion King. Mm-hmm. We've seen all of the live-action remakes that Disney has done so far, including Dumbo. This is going to be a live-action remake very much the same way. What are you expecting from this movie? Like, do you, Are you excited for a Pinocchio reboot? I hope that they are true to the story. I hope it doesn't deviate too much at the same time you don't want it to be an exact um replica of the movie i want them to kind of put their own little spin on it but i don't know if that sounds confusing or not but it's just i hope that they stay true to pinocchio and um the characters and the songs i guess is what i'm trying to say so don't take out the songs don't take out the origin you know what i mean absolutely you know what? I don't know that you could take out the origin and keep the movie the same. Mm-hmm. I could see you taking out the songs in the movie and keeping it more or less the same with the one exception of No Strings on Me. I think that song has to be in the movie. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I forgot about that song for a long time until Avengers 2 came out and Ultron sang. There are no strings on me. <laughs> I was like, what is that from? Yeah. Then I went back. I'm like, oh, my God, it's from Pinocchio. <laughs> the robot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I like that. I thought it was funny that Disney was tying Marvel in with Disney. I'm like, mm, good for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're going to be owned by Disney, you might as well use what that what comes along with that, right? Why not? See, you and I just watched literally right before we came in here the trailer for Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. And it looks pretty faithful. It does. Now, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I want to talk about Pinocchio still right now because you can go really, really, really dark with Pinocchio. Yeah, that's fair. And I know they're making one. And I cannot for the life... Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro is making a Pinocchio movie. And he is supposedly going very, very dark (laughs) with Mm -hmm. this story. Which would be interesting. Because he's making that movie, I don't want to see a dark version of Pinocchio from Disney. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're saying he's making the movie and Disney's making a movie. Right. Very similar to the way that The Jungle Book was made and then Andy Serkis made the movie Mowgli Mm -hmm. that didn't really get traction, so it dropped to Netflix. Gotcha. So. Hmm. Wow, that'll be interesting. Oh, it'll be very interesting, I think. Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just very excited about both of these movies. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what they do with Monstro, see how they... Just kind of create this giant whale that will swallow Geppetto. Mm-hmm. That'd be int- well. And we're in a time where you know CGI is just it's out of this world as far as the realism. Right. As real. I'm sorry. As far as how realistic it is. Sure. So it's just gonna be. I think it's gonna be really amazing to see what they can do now in 2019, 2020. It really will be. And so the last question I want to ask you is. Of the movies that Robert Zemeckis has made so far, mm-hmm. what's your favorite one? I would probably say I'm a huge uh, fan of the of the trilogy, uh, Back to the Future. Yeah? Yeah. Back to the Future is good. It's hard to go against that. Mm-hmm. It's but a classic. My entire childhood, almost, was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the Avengers Endgame <laughs> Of cartoon more of Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. like it just made me so happy to see Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse parachuting <laughs> down. Oh man, I love that movie. Yeah, it's, it's good. It is really good. I gotta watch that movie again very very soon. Yep. 
I just got rid of all, almost all of my DVDs and Blu-rays, Roger Rabbit being among the, the many of them that I got rid of. And it's saddening because now I really want to watch that movie and I have no way of legally watching that movie <laughs> and I'm not going to buy it because Disney Plus is coming out in less than a month. It's coming out in like two weeks. Do you believe that? That's crazy. Do you it know if that's going to really be on there? Is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is going on Disney Plus, which is very exciting. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is actually in Hollywood Studios. Did you know that? No. Very, very minorly. Like, hmm. barely in it at all. Mm-hmm. But there is a billboard for Maroon Studios. And the oh. only way you can see it is if you're leaving the park coming from, like, the Galaxy's Edge area. Like, the Star Tours area. Okay. If you're walking out of the park from there, you might be able to see it. Oh, wow. I'll have to keep an eye out for that next time. It makes me happy. It's just like a uh, Looney Tunes cartoon background where Porky Pig pops out and says, that's all, folks. (laughs) Yeah. And it's got Baby Herman, Jessica Rabbit, and Roger. Aw. That's a nice little tribute. Exactly. All right. So you and I had just seen... The Little Mermaid, actually. It came back on AMC, and you and I were able to go check it out. Mm-hmm. I really like Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, of the Disney princess movies from the Renaissance, was my favorite one. Like, yeah, everybody hails Beauty and the Beast, and it is excellent. Mm-hmm. But I just love Little Mermaid, man. She's... She's so freaking cute and naive and dumb. <laughs> She's adorable. Yeah, that was growing up. I went. I would go back and forth between Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, typically. Yeah, which was your favorite between the two of those? Because I like singing. Uh-huh. It was probably always... I think I always did go back to Little Mermaid more often. Speaking of singing, the songs in it, I enjoyed more because it's got that you know, twinge of island flair, that Caribbean... yeah. Calypso type music. That's a, man. And Sebastian is such a good character. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, I didn't really like Sebastian. I didn't give him the credit he deserved. Now, in this last viewing that you and I just saw, mm-hmm. I could not stop laughing at that guy. I know. Man, he's the best. He's so funny. <laughs> he really is. He's so funny. If you go back and listen to our episode of the top five sidekicks, he is my top five sidekick. Oh yeah. Yes, he is. Yep. Or my top five. He is my number one. Sidekick. He's all five. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> what a boring list that would be. <laughs> or maybe extremely creative. I don't know. Who's to say? Not me. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing up The Little Mermaid is because on November 5th, ABC is showing The Little Mermaid live hmm. on ABC. Oh, that's cool. Yes, it's very exciting because they've done this now, I think, three or four years running. Mm -hmm. I forget what the first one they did was, but I know that they did Peter Pan and they also did Grease Mm -hmm. and Hairspray. So I think they've either done it three or four times now. I cannot remember, but this time it's going to be The Little Mermaid. And while everybody is all up in arms about, uh, oh my God, what's her name? Haley Bailey playing the Little Mermaid in the new movie. Mm -hmm. Here, I think they actually did a pretty good job of casting her. Oh, yeah? It's a Yuli Cravalo, which I just destroyed her name. But it's Moana. It's the girl who plays Moana in Moana. Ah, and that girl's got a great voice, man. I was going to say, if anything, that you just remember the voice from that, from Moana. Exactly. Exactly. She's a, you know, she's a decent enough actress. Like, I believed all the stuff that she was saying as Moana. Sure. I don't know if that will translate to live and on stage, but I'm sure it will. Mm-hmm. But her singing, man, is so good. I cannot wait. I See, I haven't watched any of the other ones. I never got to see Grease or Hairspray or Peter Pan or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this one I'm going to watch. I really want to see her sing Part of Your World. I really want to... 
I also want to really see how they do this. This is a play I've wanted to see for a long time now. Yeah, that would be really cool to actually see as a play. I've never seen that myself. Yeah, I know that you and I were trying to go uh, back in February. It was playing up at the Straz Center. Mm-hmm. And time just did not allow for us to go, which was very sad because I was very excited to see it. I know. Then we had a second opportunity to see it because... Here in Cape Coral, there's a theater that called the Cape Coral Theater, and they were showing The Little Mermaid. But it was for like three nights, and we're like, <laughs> all three of those nights are full. Mm-hmm. Give me one more. Give me one more. And <laughs> they didn't. So fine, I have to watch it live on ABC. <laughs> full of stars. Crazy stars. Okay, like, we got a cast list of five people who are going to be in this Two, I think, yeah, uh uh-huh, spot on. Mm -hmm. One, I have no idea who they are. And two, (laughs) the last two, I think, are so funny. Okay. All right, so you have Aeoli, you have Moana playing Ariel. Mm -hmm. Spot on. The next one, I think, was spot on was Queen Latifah. She is playing Ursula. Oh, that's, that's actually, I like that. (laughs) <laughs> yes, of course you do. It's fantastic. Yeah, she's got a big personality. She really does. Big, brassy. Like, Did you ever see the movie Taxi? No. Oh, she is in your face the entire movie. Yeah. It's not the best movie. <laughs> it's got its moments, but it's not the best movie. But she is just high energy, and I can really see her pulling off an Ursula. Oh, yeah. And she definitely has that look. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid. When I was a kid. It was like 2005, I think. Mm-hmm. I was looking online. And I was seeing pictures everywhere of a live-action Little Mermaid with Queen Latifah as Ursula. Mm-hmm. This has been something fans of the Little Mermaid have wanted for Obviously, a very long time now. And now we're going to get to see it, and it's very exciting. Oh, that is very exciting. People are like, finally! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, who else do we have? Prince Eric is going to be in this, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be played by Graham Phillips. Now, this is the casting where I said, mm, I have no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea who that is? Nope. I thought you were going to say Graham Norton. I was like, I know. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> a British one. <laughs> that would be a very interesting Prince Eric. <laughs> he would just start interviewing Ariel exactly. instead of having a, having a date. I like that's good. I would like to see that actually. It'd be interesting. <laughs> and now my last two, which was like, huh? All right. I suppose one makes more sense than the other, and that is Sebastian being played by Shaggy. Uh, nice. All right. Like, I get it. <laughs> she does, you know, that Caribbean rap type music, but. Right. He's got the voice down. He doesn't have the pronunciation down. Like, <laughs> I. I just listened to the song, It Wasn't Me, <laughs> and, oh my god, what's his other one? I don't know. You say that name, that's all I think of. I know there's more. Mr. Boombastic. Ah, yeah. That was the other one. You cannot understand a single word that that man says. I thought you weren't supposed to. <laughs> but that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, then... How is he going to sing to Eric and Ariel, mm-hmm. kiss the girl? You can't. Yeah, he's going to have to train a lot to just slow down. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> My pick for Sebastian would have been the guy who actually played him on Broadway, which I cannot remember his last name, but his first name is Titus. He was mm, on okay. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. That man is a treasure. Like, <laughs> he is so funny. And he does great as Sebastian. Like, have you ever listened to the the recording of the of the live cast? I did, yeah. What did you think of him? 
I think he did fantastic. He is a very, a very good Sebastian. I'll give him that. He was full, he's full of charisma, as he is anyways. And then Sebastian's kind of, he's a big character. He's a small character, but he's a big character, personality-wise. Yeah, exactly. He's got that Napoleon syndrome, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, he does a cover of Poor Unfortunate Souls because he was talking about how he wanted to play Ursula in the Broadway show instead of Sebastian. <laughs> it was this weird, really intimate show that he was doing, and I don't know what he was doing. I don't know why he was doing it, but he was doing something, and he sang Poor Unfortunate Souls, and it's really good. Yeah, I heard it's that. It's really good. You heard it? Yeah, that was really good. Oh, man. I didn't think he'd be able to hit some of those notes. And then when she kind of escalates at the end mm-hmm. and gets really moving in the song, mm-hmm. he does fantastic. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I Got every note. The guy's really good. <laughs> He's just <laughs> really good. And if you haven't watched The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you should give that, that show a shot. It's shockingly funny. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was going to be as funny as it was. And the last one. First of all, the fact that they showed this character as like, oh, we cast for this character. I was shocked because it's like, all right, he's my favorite character aside from Sebastian in the show and in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's Chef Louie. I think Chef Louie's hysterical. <laughs> and that song, Les Poissons, it's magnifique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never pay attention to that song until you point out to me how how horrific that song is also how funny it is but just oh, it's so funny. when you listen to it you're like oh oh right and also take into consideration what's happening sebastian is watching all of his friends get their insides just ripped out of their body yeah yeah he's kind of got to be terrified I'm sure it's it's actually more of a darker song than you really like. It's, it's when you hear it, like when I was younger, obviously you you don't get the message. You're just like, ah, ha, ha, that's kind of funny. <laughs> he wants to cook him because he's a crab, and you're like, that's hilarious. But then you listen to it, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> First I stuff you with bread. It don't hurt because you're dead, and you're <laughs> certain. God, it's so funny. <laughs> oh man, it's great. But they cast John Stamos. <laughs> Blown away. Uncle Jesse himself. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, he's too good looking for the role. I'll be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I mean, the guy's, what, 65? Like, he's very, very old. You wouldn't know it, though. You wouldn't. Yeah. I think he's doing some rituals to keep himself <laughs> young. Because he's got to be doing something. Because he looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. When you say, I didn't even know he was that age. But he doesn't look that age. So it's it's shocking. But, I mean, even if he's not, even if he's younger, he's got to be at least in his 50s. Yeah, at least. And I've seen some mugshots of women and men in their 40s, and they are rough. They look like the Crypt Keeper. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Uncle Jesse looks as good as he does in his maybe late 50s, early 60s is a testament, man. He is doing something correct. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. I think that's a good choice, honestly, because I I think you know you hear him doing some songs in uh in Full House too, so he can yeah. he can sing, and you really liked Full House, so like mm-hmm. you're like yay Uncle Jesse. I think it's interesting. I would have never thought that. I probably wouldn't have casted him, but I'm okay with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We got we got some Star Wars news to talk about. Mm-hmm. New trailer dropped. Indeed. You and I watched it. My opinion of the trailer was it was good. Mm-hmm. It was fine. I didn't love the trailer. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I didn't. Like, it didn't make me more excited for the movie. Yeah. I had a similar experience. I watched it. And yeah. I was like, okay, this looks, it looks good, of course, but. That's about where it ended in my mind. Right. Now, see, for me, like, a lot of people get emotional in movies when, you know, the hero confesses his love to the heroine. He, you know, it, people get emotional when the parents die. People people get emotional at different points in the movie. 
mm-hmm. point I'm trying to make. For me, it's when friendships end. Mm-hmm. And friends have to, for whatever reason, just separate. And so when C-3PO in the, in the trailer goes, I'm just looking at my friends for the last time. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, God. This is the end. Like, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the end. Yeah. In terms of that, I thought the trailer did phenomenal. But aside from that, eh, yeah, eh, I got my I got my tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I got them. Yep. I went on AMCA list the next day and bought them up. Yep. But if that was, they said Bryce, you have to buy the tickets whether you like the trailer or not. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought them because I just don't like the trailer. Yeah, it's not one of those that like it hyped you up. Maybe it. Maybe we're just different kinds of people. I don't know. But for me, anyways, I was like, okay, I'm going to go see that. Okay, cool. I'm glad I, I guess I'm glad I got, I saw the trailer. I probably could have not saw the trailer. It wouldn't have mattered because I'm still going to see it no matter what anyways. Right, right. So for you then, it didn't do anything for you? No. Like I, I was talking to some people online and they're like, I was sobbing during this trailer. I can't believe it. It's going to be over. And I get it. If that's how you feel, fantastic. I would rather you have that opinion of it than, ah, this movie's going to suck and I don't want to see it. Like, who wants that? Nobody wants that. Sure. So cool. I'm happy that you're invested. I don't know. It just it just didn't work for me. Didn't seem to work for you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that it didn't work for that I talked to online. Chris, I'm sure, is going to have some interesting opinions when he finally gets back in here. Come on, Chris. Get back in here. I need you, buddy. I need you. <laughs> Star Wars is not my forte. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about it as best I can. And that was it. I will say the music in it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I am a sucker for when you take a song that had hope behind it and happiness and meaning and make it slow and dreary and dire. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> you did something there. That was good. I like that. <laughs> like, I see what you did. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's our thoughts on it. Now, the other thing that came out was the runtime. Did you see that? No. The runtime for this movie is going to be the longest in the franchise at 155 minutes. Oh. Which is three minutes longer than Endgame. Wow. That was already long. Like, I thought that was like the longest movie I've ever been to. I was like, is this Titanic? (laughs) Oh, come now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Titanic? Really? Not in comparison to movies. I just mean length. I will say the conclusion to Titanic when the boat is sinking, mm-hmm. phenomenal. <laughs> it is great. Uh-huh. I've seen the movie actually three times in theaters and twice in 3D. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of 3D, but man, there's this scene and I see it every single time and it never fails to make me laugh. The boat's going down. The boat jolts. Mm-hmm. It shakes this guy who's hanging on a on a railing free. Oh gosh! He falls and hits a vent. He hits something with his yes. face and goes spinning. <laughs> oh, I hate that part. <laughs> like it's gotta hurt. Yeah, <laughs> but it looks oh. funny. <laughs> it looks like body. a cartoon. <laughs> As far as the length of the movie, okay, whatever. I'm Mm. not mad at it. Mm. I'm not upset. I'm not jumping for joy. But there is a lot that this movie has to cover. There's a lot that this movie has to finish up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't have enough time to do that, then the movie's going to feel rushed. Because I... Typically, when I hear a movie is going to be, you know, almost three hours long, my first thought is, are they padding it out? Is the movie going to feel like it's dragging Mm -hmm. because it's trying to get to that three-hour mark? 
I don't think that this movie is going to have to worry about that. Do you? I feel like they have enough material to really supply for almost every minute. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Especially since they're bringing back the Emperor. I almost feel like the Rebels in the First Order are going to combine forces because, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Mm, Right. And so if those two come together to fight the Emperor... Well, that'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting because my favorite scene from The Last Jedi was when Kylo Ren and Rey teamed up and fought together in the throne room. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. That was. That was pretty awesome. That was a good scene. (sighs) Okay, moving on. (laughs) Next thing I want to talk about is the Jungle Cruise trailer. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been hearing that this movie's coming out. And, all right, cool, Jungle Cruise, that's an odd (laughs) ride to make a movie about, but there is lore behind it, so, sure, all right, fine, let's go with Jungle Cruise. Then you bring on Dwayne The Rock Johnson. All right, cool, that's interesting. And then Emily Blunt. Mary Poppins, you're bringing Mary Poppins into this? Right. Okay, I think I can get behind this movie. <laughs> and then the trailer came out. And I gotta tell you, I still don't know if this movie is going to be good. But dang it, it's gonna be fun. Oh, yeah. Like, it looks like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer, just from the minute... That was what's impressive to me. Like, the minute it began to the end of the trailer, I was like, this is actually this is kind of cool. Like I don't know, I didn't know what to expect from it, but at the same time, I was like, "This is really, really cool and really fun." And I'm enjoying the actors. I'm enjoying the the um, the scenes that they have, the different uh, plots. I, I just it looks it looks fun, like you said. Exactly, and we don't know a whole heck of a lot about the actual story. Obviously, Emily Blunt is going into the jungle to get something and bring it back. But I'm still interested. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a story that we've heard a million times. But I'm willing to hear it a million and one times. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really excited about it. I really enjoyed The Rock and Emily Blunt's, you know, chemistry. I thought it was good. I thought they worked well together. And they're good they're both good actors, so hopefully they'd be able to get along and work together. In a convincing enough way, right? I think so. I did too. So, I mean, that's that's really all I can say about the trailer. And now comes time for the speculation because I have a lot to speculate about. In the trailer, there is a scene where it shows Emily Blunt knocking on the rock's door. And it's got his name scrawled across the door. And the trailer goes to great lengths to block that last name. So, we know The Rock's first name, we don't know The Rock's last name. Some of you may or may not be familiar with the concept of Disney Sea. Not Disney Tokyo Sea, but Disney Sea as an acronym, which is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. It is a canonical secret organization within Disney. Right? It's fake, but it's fun. You know? <laughs> and the Jungle Cruise is a part of C. It ties into C. So does Misadventure Falls over in Typhoon Lagoon, Tower of Terror in, in Tokyo Disney Sea, Big Thunder Mountain in Magic Kingdom, and Mystic Manor in Disneyland Paris. So all five of these rides tie in to Disney Sea. Society of Explorers and Adventurers. There's going to be a day where me and Chris sit down and dig through this lore and present it to you in a way that's easy to understand and digest. But today is not that day. (laughs) Today, I am going to talk to you about Dr. Albert Falls. Okay? That is the member of C who is associated not only with Jungle Cruise, but the Skipper Cantina in Magic Kingdom as well. So if you go into the Skipper Cantina, it might seem a little bit odd, but there's a room that you can go into that's behind a bookshelf. 
and that's a secret meeting room of C. We already know from the trailer, unless it was altered, that The Rock's name in this movie is not Albert. Mm -hmm, Right. It's not. However, it could be a relative or his son or some kind of familial member, right? I'm getting very excited at the thought of Disney putting together a Disney Sea movie, right? Full of adventurers and explorers where they all come together and they have to go after something big. And if Jungle Cruise is the way that we get there, then dang it, I'm in. I'm so excited. Look, this is probably not the way they're going, but I can dream. And dream I will. Dream on. Disney's all about dreaming, Jamie. That's right. So I shall. What do you think of of that? Like, do you think it would be interesting to see a movie where you have these four other adventurers come together and try to get something huge? Well, I was going to say, I feel like that would be a that would be the Disney thing to do just because they're known for subliminally putting in characters in different uh, movies. Sometimes if you look back, you have to like kind of look through some movies and you're like, look at that. Anna's over here. Hans is over here. Things of that nature. Right. Um, and then the, the family ties. There's speculations on that for Disney fans. But it's really, it's it's fun for Disney fans to do that because they're able to have a community surrounded with uh, the speculation. So I think that idea, that idea, it sounds like a Disney idea. And it sounds like it's something that would have a support group behind it, I think. Exactly. And let's be honest, it really could be, if it's done well, obviously, the asterisk has to be there, it could be the Disney answer to Marvel in that it could be its own shared cinematic universe. Maybe. Like, oh, I am so excited about this because there is so much lore that goes into Disney Sea just in general, and it's only... It's told through Easter eggs and rides and stuff. If you had a writer sit down and really flesh out these stories, it could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. And you know what? That's going to be our next episode. The next time me and Chris come in here, which should be the next two weeks, me and him are going to sit down at after we discuss the news and discuss the lore of Disney Sea. If you're hearing this, Chris, get to researching. And if you don't... That's fine, because I'm going to text you about it anyway. Next up, I want to talk about the fact that Disney is giving Disney Plus to Verizon members free for a year. Wow. Jerks. (laughs) Where's the love for T-Mobile? Come on, baby. (laughs) I got bills to pay. It's fine. I'm already signed up for it, so I don't really care. But that's honestly really cool of Disney to be giving away their product essentially all of their product Mm -hmm. for a year. That is pretty awesome. I didn't hear that. Yeah, so I feel bad for my parents because they just they had Verizon and they just switched like (laughs) within a month ago. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. Feel bad for them, but they did get new phones, which that was nice. (laughs) In any case, guys, it's not really a story or anything like that. It's really just hey, if you got Verizon and you haven't heard about that, well, now you have. So there you go. Congratulations. Right? That being said, I do want to stick with Disney Plus because we got a trailer. We got a trailer for Lady and the Tramp. Now, Jamie, I'm going to defer to you. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this movie? Trailer. Just just one word to truly describe it. Do you know what the word is? Just adorable. Oh. <laughs> It really is cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the dogs and everything. Oh, man, the dogs are just... Uh, mm, there's puppies. <laughs> the puppies melt your heart. They really do. Now, here's the thing. Disney is really, with their animals, breaking out of that uncanny valley. Where they're able to go from something that looks kind of real, but then when you put it into motion, there's something wrong with it. I will be completely honest. I told you that, and I told Jamie this. 
I didn't know whether or not the dogs themselves are actually live action. Because this is, quote-unquote, a live-action Lady and the Tramp movie. There are humans in the movie. Right. Including Yvette Nicole Brown, which is very exciting for any fans of Community, which I am one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and, man, she's she's fantastic. <laughs> I'm really interested to see where this movie goes, because it looks like, for the most part, it is going to really stick pretty true to the original movie. And as catchy as that Siamese cat song is, <laughs> it is a no-no now. It's People would be upset. Mm-hmm. For good reason, it's pretty racist. <laughs> like, you just can't say anything else about it. It's just pretty racist. So, that said, what do you put in the middle there? Do you... It looks like Yvette Nicole Brown might be some kind of, like, nanny or nursemaid for the baby. Mm-hmm. Does a lady get in the way of her, and then the two of them have a falling out, and she just kicks her out of the house, so there is no need for the cats? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, though. And I gotta agree with you, though, Jamie. It's just an adorable trailer. If the puppies and the dogs are CGI, then bravo, Disney. You've made a believer out of me because I had no clue. I had no clue until they start talking. Once they start talking, it looks really awkward, in my opinion. I just. Yeah, it looks almost. It looks robotic. It doesn't look. It doesn't flow smoothly. It just. Yeah, it's. You're like, oh, that. That's. That's not computing. (laughs) You're out of the. You're out of that uncanny valley, for the most part, just not quite there yet. It looks a lot better than something like Homeward Bound, (laughs) where they had to do all of the talking bits with the animals facing directly at the screen. That way they could animate the mouth. It does. It looks a lot better than that. But it still just looks off somehow. Yeah. I love that movie. Homeward Bound. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Since you said that, I'm going to just make my little side statement, but go on. Sure, no, Homeward Bound's great. <laughs> and, too, you know, our brains are, you know, of course, we know a talking animal is not realistic. You see that, you're like, Satan's in that dog. But, <laughs> obviously, I feel like it could be just we see these animals that they're they're doing a fantastic job, like you mentioned, with the CGI, to the point that you're like, even with Lion King, I thought about the animals looked so real that it was just like you had to double check your brain. You're like, are they real? Maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. But I feel like with the dogs, it could just be our brains. We're just not programmed, obviously, to see or understand that there's talking animals. So it could just be our brains are playing tricks on us. That's true. It might look better in the final product. Although I will say, it's the end of October. We're just now really getting this trailer. The trailer came out a little bit earlier this month, and me and Jamie were up in New York, so we couldn't talk about it. But the movie comes out. It starts streaming on November 12th. Odds are those scenes are done. They're locked. They're in the can. Mm -hmm. This is what we're getting. But to your point, maybe our brains will, you know, our brains will adjust to what we're being given. And maybe by the end of the movie, it doesn't bother us. Mm. I will tell you, Ewan McGregor, when he was doing the voice of Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast, in the trailers, I hated it. Mm. Oh my goodness, I could not stop complaining about the voice of Lumiere in the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie. And then the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie came out, and I was fully prepared to come back to this booth and complain again about that voice. And I couldn't. (laughs) It was actually really good. Right. Like, once I got into the movie, that just, that complaint I had just kind of faded away. Mm -hmm. It faded off into the distance and cool. Yeah. Hopefully that's what happens with Lady and the Tramp. I hope so. I would very much like that to happen. 
Now, the last thing that I want to talk about in the entertainment category tonight is, again, with Disney+. Plus. People are losing their minds talking about, oh, Disney Plus added autoplay. Now, to be fair to them, when the test first came out, it didn't have autoplay, and it just recently got autoplay. But are you surprised? <laughs> really? I mean, did you think it wasn't going to have autoplay? Because it was gonna have autoplay. I mean, honestly. I mean, they're competing with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. There's so many. So why would they not go as far as they can? I mean, Disney is just a, a huge enterprise as its, as its own. But to have autoplay and to have their own shows and their own movies they're doing whatever they can to just blow these other places other companies out of the water exactly and by not putting autoplay on your streaming service it's almost like you're trying to reinvent the wheel why why would you do that it would be like buying a brand new car now and not getting a rear view camera like it's just all cars come with it because it makes things better it's just a quality of life issue Obviously, Disney Plus was going to have autoplay. And if it didn't, it was coming really soon. Because that would be dumb. It would just be dumb. Like, there's no other thing I can really say other than it's just not a good idea. Right. You know? I agree. Oh, man. What, what's going on here? I'm sorry, dude. We're down for refurbishments. Yeah, all right. All right, guys, it is time for the refurbishment list. And just like always, we're going to start out here in Orlando with Magic Kingdom. It should come as no surprise that the Walt Disney World Railroad is still down. The Fantasyland, the Frontierland, and the Main Street USA stations are all still down. It is not running at all. So there's that. Be aware. And other than that, we have no more closures at Magic Kingdom at the moment. However, we do have one coming up, and that's going to be Splash Mountain on January 6th of 2020, and that's supposed to go through February 28th of 2020. We have a lot going on here in Epcot. Impressions de France actually closed down back at the beginning of October. October 2nd it closed, and it's going to be reopening in January of 2020. Test Track also has a future closure date. That's going to be on January 13th of 2020, and that refurbishment is going to run through February 27th of 2020. This winter, at some point, we're going to be seeing the opening of Space 220, which is terribly exciting. I am very excited about that restaurant. And in January of 2020, we're going to be seeing the Beauty and the Beast sing-along, and the Canada Far and Wide and Circle Vision 360 attraction opening. So we're going to have some closures, but we're going to also have some new fresh blood in the park, and that's going to be very fun. I hope, anyway. Who doesn't love a sing-along, honestly? Now if we go over to Hollywood Studios, we do still have an opening date of December 5th for Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. There has been some talk of that ride having some troubles, but... As of right now, it's still slated for December 5th, so here's hoping. Then in spring of 2020, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is going to be opening up to the public. And I gotta be honest, I'm as excited as anybody for Mickey's first attraction in one of the parks. As for Animal Kingdom, it's wide open right now. Go nuts, buddy. Have a lot of fun. Typhoon Lagoon is going to be going down for its refurbishment on January 13th of 2020, but it's going to be opening up again on March 29th of 2020. Blizzard Beach is currently enjoying some downtime. It closed back on September 8th of 2019 and is going to be reopening on January 13th of 2020. Now let's go out to California into Disneyland. It's a Small World attraction is closed. It closed on October 21st of 2019 and is set to reopen on November 8th of 2019. So it's going to be a little refurbishment, not much to talk about. The Matterhorn bobsleds are also down 
closing on October 21st, 2019, and is set to reopen on December 26th of 2019. The Mark Twain Riverboat is about to go down on December 28th of 2019 and reopen again on November 2nd of 2019. The Matterhorn Bobsleds are set to go down on October 28th of 2019 and reopen again on November 2nd of 2019. Autopia is set to close on November 4th of 2019 and reopen on the 8th. And the Indiana Jones Adventure is set to close on the 4th and also reopen on the 8th. And if you're out in California and you're hoping for some Star Wars love, don't worry, I got you covered. Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is set to open on January 17th of 2020. And maybe forever, over in California Adventure, Red Car Trolley is still closed. It's set to reopen sometime in spring of 2020. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. Now in Parks News, we only have two things to talk about. It was a pretty lean week as far as news goes. The one story pretty light. The other story, kind of incredible. So first thing I want to talk about is Star Tours. It's getting more lands. And much like the autoplay coming to Disney+, Plus, this is not surprising. <laughs> they got, I mean, it got more lands when The Last Jedi came out. It got more lands when Rogue One came out. It got more lands when Batuu opened. So they want to expand Star Tours, which is terribly exciting to me. And I was telling uh, my friends this on Twitter, that ride, I love it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else does. Like None of my other friends like that ride. I feel like Donkey at the beginning of Shrek when he's like, One is the loneliest number. That's how I feel going on that ride. Because nobody will ever go on it with me. Sometimes you go on it with me out of pity. I go on it. Like, I I didn't have the best memory of it. I thought it was boring. And then I went on it with you after not going on it for a couple years. And I was like, okay. That wasn't as lame as I remember it. That's pretty cool, right? It was good. Nice. The new location that they're going to be going to is Kef Beer. Man, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it is the new ocean moon from Rise of Skywalker. So, cool. I mean... Sounds good. Like, are you excited about that? Would you ride Star Tours again to ride that? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do, because the last few times they've done expansions for this ride, they've they've had a random movie in the beginning, you jump to light speed, and then you would always go to the new movie. Mm-hmm. Whether it's landing on Jakku, whether or not it's landing on Scarif, whatever it is. So I'd be interested to see if they do that again with Rise of Skywalker. And if they do do it again, how long they do it for. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't do that forever. Right. And hopefully, with Rise of Skywalker coming out, I believe it's 15 days or so after Rise of the Resistance... Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Star Tours are going to be very, very busy. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so, anyway, because because going into Galaxy's Edge opening, I was, go- I was saying, man, it is going to be a nightmare. It is going to be super busy, and then it wasn't. To be fair, we went during a hurricane. That is true. <laughs> that That is very true. But it's been the story is hey not a whole lot of people are here in galaxy's edge Mm -hmm. here and out in california okay so my thought is hey maybe they heard that it's only going to be a half opening and people who are coming from new jersey new york pennsylvania ohio wherever they're coming from india whatever are holding off to come until the whole land is open, and I'm kind of expecting a bit of a boom come December. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for that type of travel. Exactly. So, I don't know. 
I hope so, because it is a great land. Mm -hmm. It is an immersive land. It is a fun land that is not really getting the credit it deserves, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, especially at night. It's a whole different land. It at night is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. Yeah. If you haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, go there and check it out. And if you've loved it, let me know what you think. Because I did a whole episode of Twilight Thoughts dedicated to my experience in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I had so much to say. Like, I try to keep those episodes really short. Like, I tried it five to ten minutes. Intro, outro, everything. All done in ten minutes. That episode was almost 24. (laughs) There's just a lot to talk about. It was really good. And hopefully I'll be able to try some of their food next time I'm there. Like I said in the episode, it was Food and Wine Festival. We had to get over there for that. Because that is important. Very important. (laughs) People usually think of Disney as a safe place. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And as well they should. Disney takes great lengths to make sure their guests are cared for and and secure and safe, you know? So, it is incredible to me that somebody was able to sneak in to Magic Kingdom during guest hours and steal almost $7,000 worth of merchandise out of a haunted mansion that is full of people. That's pretty amazing. It's it, incredible. Was it a ninja? You'd think. <laughs> now, if you want to read the full police report and get the full timeline of what happened, it is out there and available at WDW News Today. However, that'd be a bit dry for a podcast, so I'm going to keep it a little more interesting and give you the cliff notes, essentially. Number one. Patrick Spikes entered a structure, the Haunted Mansion Attraction Building, owned by or in possession of Walt Disney World. The structure was occupied at the time of the offense. At the time of entering the structure, Patrick Spikes had an intent to commit grand theft in that structure. Patrick Spikes was not licensed or invited to enter the structure. Patrick Spikes entered premises that were open to the public, but then entered an area of the premises that he knew was not open to the public. Patrick Spikes entered the non-public area with the intent to commit grand theft in the non-public area. Patrick Spikes knowingly and unlawfully obtained or used the stolen animatronic costumes, wigs, and tiara of Walt Disney World. He did so with the intent to either temporarily or permanently deprive Walt Disney World of their right to the property or any benefit from it. The property was valued at $7,216. He stole a jacket that was $1,746, trousers that were $692, a bodice that was $809, a skirt that was $923, which is incredible. Have you ever bought a skirt that was $923, Jamie? Heck no. Can you even imagine what that would look like? I better have gold. Because <laughs> I can't think of it. A petticoat that was $695, another skirt that was $912, a bodice that was $809, a yellow wig that was $288, two male wigs that valued $302, and a tiara that was $40. And he got all of that out of the Haunted Mansion. Patrick Spikes trafficked in a stolen animatronic costume. Patrick Spikes knew that the animatronic costume was stolen. Patrick Spikes received $1,000 for the costume. Now, if you go into that police report, one thing that you'll notice that they did over and over and over and over and over again that was incredibly damning evidence, was they kept taking photos. Look, this should go without saying, but if you are going to do something that is illegal, and again, I'm not advocating it, but if you are going to do something that is illegal, 
Don't document it. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. That's how they catch these idiot criminals because they're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. It's just like social media is just hilarious to me when it comes to crimes. It's incredible what people think they're going to get away with. And the thing was, they were taking photos with their phones from inside the haunted mansion next to these animatronics that they stole all of this clothing off of, right? So they have GPS location saying, yes, they are indeed inside the haunted mansion at around 1130 at night when they shouldn't have been there. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> so the cops find all this out, right? They find all of this out. They get in contact with one of the purchasers. So they were actually able to recover one of the dresses that was stolen from the Haunted Mansion. Hmm. It's incredible. Wow. They told them, yes, I bought it from Patrick Spikes. He said that it was given to him. It was lawfully his. He just didn't use it. He wanted it out. Fine, I'll buy it from him. Because Disney fans as we are, if there is any chance of us getting a hold of something that's from the parks, you're absolutely right Someone is going to buy that. <laughs> the cops then go and search his phone, with a search warrant, obviously, and they find pictures of the stolen stuff in his possession. And then again, obviously, like I said, they find all this stuff out about the GPS and whatnot, the GPS locations. It truly is incredible that they have all of this evidence, and then he has the nerve and the audacity to go into court and plead not guilty stupid that is the real life application of the song it wasn't me from shaggy <laughs> like how do you do that how do you have that much evidence against you and be like you know what it wasn't me <laughs> you got the wrong guy they actually have a photo of him in the wig oh, in one of the geez. wigs that he stole wow not even trying to hide it, it no no not even at all <laughs> And I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, you could see his back and then you saw the wig on his head. No, full face, <laughs> full face, wig, boom. Not the brightest. <laughs> not the brightest. He sold all this stuff. So unfortunately, Disney was only able to get back one of the dresses. And that's unfortunate because all of this stuff, like I said, was stolen from the Haunted Mansion. They are trying to track down the rest of the pieces, but... Odds are they're not going to get a hold of them. So it is what it is. But, like, I know I've been talking here for a minute. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, that is a crazy story, isn't it? It is a crazy story. And it's just people do whatever they need to to get money. And, you know, it's just it shows you the stupidity and the greed. But what I want to know is if they do find... Let's say, you know, because you can track through. I'm assuming he sold it through eBay. You know what? I don't know how he sold it. Okay. Well, if it was eBay, you know, obviously there's tracking in that. But these people paid, I'm sure, an outrageous amount of money for these items. Of course, thinking they're, you know, they're authentic Disney items. They paid significantly less than what they were worth. Right. Yeah, But, I mean, still a lot of money. Still a lot of money. So I want to know, like, if the cops come and ask them, hey, you know, this was lawfully Disney's property, not this guy's property, do they give them the money back or do they take the item and then they have no item and they have all that no money? You know what? I don't know. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting question because you're right. That would be pretty messed up. But at the same time, it's not technically their property, but they would still be... I would assume that they would take the property back and then it would be then on the buyer to sue Spikes for the money that they sold the product for. Right. I would guess. I don't know. Yeah. But know. that would make sense to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. Look, I don't like covering stories like this and talking about stories like this at all, really. If you could not tell by my delivery of this story, it's out of my comfort zone. Like, I'm not good at it. I'm not used to it. It's not why I decided to talk about Disney on a podcast. I wanted to talk about Disney because it's fun and light. It's a good time. But when something crazy like this happens, 
You just gotta mention it, you know? You gotta cover it. The people have to know. Exactly. My thoughts exactly, Jamie. <laughs> so I hope this wasn't too boring for you, but it is what it is. That's the end. For this week, anyway. Everyone, we would like to thank you very, very much for listening to us and coming and enjoying this episode. I hope you did. And if you did, if you could leave a five-star rating and like, man, we would really appreciate that. It helps us get up through the ranks so more people can find our show. I try to keep the show engaging, and I try to keep the show on schedule. I fail more often than not, but I try. And... Just know I'm working on something hopefully very exciting for you guys. I'm having a great time recording it. Now I just got to put it together. So hopefully it will be coming. I'm shooting for like mid-December, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Different scheduling. It can be difficult, you know? In any case, guys, thank you so much for listening to this show. I really do appreciate it. My name is Bryce. This is Jamie. Goodbye, everybody. If you weren't extremely tired of me yet, fantastic. And you want more of me, you can find me on Instagram, at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. I am also on Twitter, at Disney Nocturnal. And you can also email me at Bryce at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast.com. If for some reason you are not happy with the podcast hosting app that you are listening to this through, It's okay. We're on quite a number of different ones. We are on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud. We are all over the place. We're on Stitcher, but we're also on Spotify. Now, I understand Spotify is just another aggregator of podcasts. It just feels official, you know? It just makes me happy. But in any case, there's that. Guys, we really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to us. From the bottom of the heart, we really do appreciate it. And hurry back, hurry back. We're dying to have you.